Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Tom is a 42-year-old carpenter who comes in today complaining of new onset low back pain. He was working yesterday when he felt a pull in his back while he was turning and lifting some boards. It wasn't too bad at first and he was able to keep working, but by the time he got home, he was miserable. He took some acetaminophen to deal with the pain, but when he woke this morning, he could barely get out of bed. He reports his pain is an 8 out of 10, and he moves carefully about the office. As you review his case, you realize he has no red flags on history, and his exam is notable only for limited range of motion. His neurological exam is normal. When you begin to discuss treatment, he states that he needs to get back to work as soon as possible as he is self-employed, and if he doesn't work, he doesn't get paid. He won't take anything that will interfere with his ability to use power tools. And you start to wonder, what are his options? Hi, this is Frank Domino, family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me today is Dr. Alan Ehrlich, associate professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health and executive editor of Dynamed. Alan, thank you for coming today. Thanks for having me, Frank. So please, you've got this really common case of a patient with acute low back pain, and thankfully, he doesn't want anything that's going to alter his ability to work. This is a wonderful patient, and I feel badly for him. Um, What are the typical options we use to treat acute low back pain? Well, certainly, uh, the first and most important thing is to stay active, and that sounds like what he wants to do. Bed rest is a bad idea, and so obviously, we tend to uh, recommend against that. Medications such as NSAIDs, uh, there any number that can be used may be helpful. When uh, sometimes people can use muscle relaxants, the data on that doesn't show a lot of benefit, but they can make you sleepy, and sometimes just getting a good night's sleep is part of the recovery process. Certainly, uh, stretching exercises can help speed recovery, although they don't specifically decrease pain. And other modalities for which there's evidence of efficacy include heat or massage, spinal manipulation, such as osteopathic manipulation or chiropractic treatment, Uh, kinesio taping and acupuncture have all shown benefit. Physical therapy, the data is more limited, and certainly lumbar supports appear ineffective. And obviously, the one thing we try to avoid in these situations is narcotics, if possible. But again, you know, if people have bad enough pain, that is another option to help control that. Well, he's very clear he needs to get back to work. So what's new that we can offer him today? So there's a very interesting paper published recently It was a systematic review that looked at the use of high-dose B vitamins in addition to NSAIDs. In this case, they were looking at in addition to diclofenac. And it suggested that there was an analgesic effect of adding high-dose B vitamins. The doses used are much higher than are used for typical dietary nutrition purposes. And in the paper, they discussed some of the background for this. It's unclear why the vitamins would be effective as an analgesic, but some of them have anti-inflammatory effects. Some of them have antioxidant effects. Uh, some of them have been shown to reduce stress and depression, which obviously are comorbidities to back pain a lot. So while we don't know how it might work, the systematic review showed 
that there was some potential benefit. There were four randomized trials. They looked at over 1,000 patients in the meta-analysis. The doses of the diclofenac were ranging between either 75 to 150 milligrams a day, and those are typically in divided two or three times a day dosing. The thiamine and pyridoxine, so let me back up. The, th- the B vitamins were B1, B6, and B12. B1, which is thiamine, they were giving between 100 and 300 milligrams a day. Same for the pyridoxine, which is B6. And for the B12, the doses were ranging between 750 micrograms and 2,000 micrograms per day. So just to recap, B1, B6, 100 milligrams a day, and B12, 750 to 2,000 micrograms per day, in addition to a decent dose of diclofenac. That's right. And what they found was the, the, the group that was taking diclofenac plus vitamins got off of medications in half the time that the group that only took diclofenac did. So in one uh, of the the studies, it was going from about 14 days to seven, and in other studies, it was going from about seven days down to three. So it was really shortening the duration that analgesics were needed. Very interesting. Um, What's really curious is that they were able to do a systematic review on this because it meant that People were commonly using diclofenac as a primary NSAID for treating acute low back pain, and that enough people thought there was reason to do multiple trials of this combination of B vitamins. So this sounds terrific. It's safe. It's effective. It cut medication use in 50%. Um, Will it work for chronic low back pain as well? So it hasn't been studied for chronic low back pain, and there are reasons why it might not... Well, you might use it on a short-term basis. The, The... Again, the levels of these vitamins are very high, and particularly with B6, if you take more than 300 milligrams on an extended basis, there's some reports of it potentially having uh, liver damage and things like that. So I think this is really something to be viewed uh, in acute onset of low back pain. Now, if you have acute on chronic, could you use in that situation? I think that might have some potential benefit. But I think for chronic low back pain, that's really a different problem and I would be more cautious and, and at least wait for some data to be published on that. So I, I went looking to see if I could find this combination of B vitamins, um, and I was unable to. Have you found anything that works? Whenever I'm thinking about using vitamins or supplements uh, as part of the advice I give to patients, one of the things I always do is I'll go to a local health food store or the supermarkets, and I'll go through the aisles and see what's there. Because I think if you're going to recommend this stuff to patients, you need to be able to give them very specific advice. In this case, what happens is most of the combinations of B vitamins, even if you go for high-dose B vitamins, won't have this specific combination. I was at one place that has a fairly extensive uh, selection, and there was actually one, uh, one bottle that had precisely these three doses, these three B vitamins in appropriate dosing range. None of the others did, and some of them will have appropriate dosing for one, but not others, and you have to worry about how much other stuff you're taking if you don't get the right stuff. So I encourage the listeners to go and look at the specific uh, labels of bottles and be able to give specific advice to patients. Otherwise, the patients are going to wind up having to buy three different bottles to get the right dose, and they're going to get a lot of other things that you may or may not want them to be getting at the same time. It's rare when I recommend a vitamin or a supplement. So um, just for our listening audience, can you remind us again what the dosages of B1, B6, and B12 were? Sure. So what they used was 
100 to 300 milligrams a day on the uh, thiamine, 100 to 300 milligrams a day on the pyridoxine, the B6, and 750 to 2,000 micrograms a day on the B12. The dosing on the thiamine and the pyridoxine was typically in divided doses, so two twice a day was typical. And honestly, when I what I find is you can find 50 or 100 milligram dosing on those uh, vitamins fairly easily, and then you can use those. You, you don't take it twice a yeah. day. Any last thoughts on diclofenac versus other NSAIDs? I don't think there's any reason to believe that diclofenac was special in this regard. It's interesting, only one of the five trials that they found uh, was sponsored by a drug company. And I'm not sure why they kept using this one as opposed to ibuprofen or naproxen, which I think are more readily available because they're over the counter and many of our patients have been using them or can easily access them. Uh, so I, I would, if I was going to do this, I would feel very comfortable using any uh, non-steroidal drug. I don't think there's good evidence that any of them are particularly um, more effective than others. And when you get to safety, uh, obviously you want something that's going to minimize GI side effects. They did look at GI side effects from the vitamins, and there was no increase either in GI side effects or overall side effects in the group taking vitamins. Alan, thank you. This is a great paper. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. Consider adding B1, B6, and B12 vitamin supplementation to non-steroidal anti-inflammatories for patients with acute low back pain. Join us next time when we talk about a recent trial where a one-minute brief intervention for smoking cessation demonstrated significant benefit. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com podcast, and see you next week.